Hello and welcome to our in-house recruitment podcast. My name is Natasha Priya-Cannon and this episode is brought to you by Indeed, the number one job site in the world with over 250 million unique visitors every month. Indeed strives to put job seekers first, giving them free access to search for jobs, post CVs and research companies. Every day they connect millions of people to new opportunities, so why not check them out? Indeed.co.uk Today, I am joined by Peter Byrne, staffing business partner at Google, and we are talking through some of the key challenges, opportunities and issues being faced by all of you guys in 2020 and beyond. Most specifically, we'll be talking around talent attraction, retention, upskilling, and how Peter likes to spend his time at Google. Today, I am joined by Peter Byrne, a staffing business partner at Google. So very excited to be talking to Peter. Peter, would you like to introduce yourself and a little bit about uh, about who you are and where you work? I'm the one of the staffing business partners here at Google, uh, based out of the European headquarters in Dublin. Um, I've been with Google since uh, October 2018. Uh, before that, I was um, just under a year and a half with Amazon um, and just uh, just around four or five years uh, in a recruitment agency before that. The recent coronavirus outbreak, it has turned the world upside down, um, but more importantly and more relevant for us, it's turned um, the world of hiring upside down as well, which will probably mean it's going to change a lot. How do you see coronavirus impacting the long-term effects on talent attraction yeah um i think that's a a really good point to be fair um you know the coronavirus outbreak at the moment has had a lot of impact on everyone um i mean you can see from yourself i'm working from home at the moment like like most people are so i think in terms of uh, how it's going to impact uh, and affect talent attraction moving forward i think it's it's going to make the area a lot more difficult. So um, for me, I believe that people are going to have a lot more of a lot more concern, sorry, when it comes from on from moving on from current companies where they are, you know, especially at the moment when the the microscope is on companies and how they're looking after employees at this time. I think you'll probably find uh, as we come out of the coronavirus, there's going to be a lot of loyalty into companies. And that's not a bad thing at all um but i do think it obviously it makes things a lot harder when we look at talent attraction we'll need to look at uh, a lot more anyway into innovative ways to attract talent using different media streams will come into play a lot more um i think it's obviously going to impact economically the the coronavirus and what happens but i think through media streams there's going to be be um a lot of different routes we need to look at, you know, where some companies can be argued take quite an aggressive approach. Maybe that that softer, longer term approach is going to be needed, and and the advertisement of what we do as a business to look after employees is is going to be a huge thing. So it's not going to be like, oh, everyone come into our building and have a look at what we do. It's just. That fear of personal interaction, I think, is still going to be there. So we need to look at media streams. You know, can we do those virtual coffee mornings? Can we have a virtual tour of the office? What can we do with YouTube 
you know, how can YouTube be I say you know, YouTube, I know it's a, a part of Google, but you know, it is a great platform as to how, how can it be utilized um, as, a, as a media platform to say, look, this is what we do as a business. This is how we work with our employees. This is the safe environment, psychologically safe environment, sorry, that we have. So using media in a, in a more targeted approach towards talent acquisition, I think it's going to be crucial going ahead. And I suppose the media outlets that we're currently using are so different to what we normally would have on a day-to-day basis. I don't think I've ever had as many um, video calls or video conference calls or anything um, like I'm having now. So I suppose, do you think that the way that we're currently consuming media also has that impact on using those different media outlets to attract talent? Yeah. Completely, completely. Uh, you, you said it perfectly yourself. You know, the use of video conferencing is is just developing at an extraordinary rate. I know, you know, through things with Google, um, you know, the video conferencing tools that we have, um, you know, they're going to have to develop. There's, there's there's no route around that. You look at other platforms that are coming through just immediately like that through through the current outbreak and the advertisement that's going on around it you know a lot of the advertisement media platforms sorry if i'm going on a bit of a tangent here but it's so focused around bringing people together and again i think that's how we're consuming media now you know it's how can people consume media as a group again i think that's where the talent attraction is going to move so having that talent attraction through media but having everyone together still so it could be maybe if you wanted to look at uh, an an event piece you know where people are going to a recruiting event in-house recruitment perfect example um you know maybe holding one of the holding something like that as a, a live event where everyone dials in you still get that social interaction in a way you know, all our meetings in Google now, everyone's involved in them. We hold, but maybe one or two a day, uh, sorry, every one or two days we have a meeting so that that interactive piece is there. So I think the way we consume media is so so driven now by coronavirus that the, the talent attraction piece is so intertwined in there that I wouldn't be surprised to see a few leaps and bounds made with media in the next year, just on the base of what we're doing here which is going to greatly impact how we do talent attraction. So, Peter, we are now at a very unique time uh, where we can have up to five generations in the workforce. Um, and, you know, talking about media, they all consume media in different ways across different platforms, um, using different skills and everything else as well. So how do you adapt your message for talent attraction to be relevant to each generation essentially and attract the attracting the right people through it's looking at not so much i guess the generation point um but just looking at all the platforms of media because yes there are five different generations in the workforce at the moment and everyone is consuming media in different way but we'd be it would be negligent of us to put that down to generations as well um so we need to look at the the advertising space, the mass. So, you know, 
when we think of social media, yes, it is true that you do see the, the more recent generations um, using social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, these sorts of platforms. And so for that, we have our life at Google pages. Um, you know, we have the handles with Instagram, we have the pages at Facebook, we have the YouTube videos that, that show people what it's like. Um, and that's a really good tool, especially you tend to see um, in the younger generation, there is a lot more of a focus put on values and, you know, having that value match. And so being able to show, look, this is really what it's like working in Google um, is really great tool as part of a media source. Um, obviously, as well, Google being a, a tech company, we, we do move towards more of a technology directed approach, but even then we're looking at the messaging. So um, you know, one of the most common, I suppose, typical approaches to hiring um, would be using job boards as a perfect example. Um, and I think still there are a lot of generations that use them. You know, to, some people prefer having that physical resume that they send out. Um, whereas we've had it recently with some some of the internship programs we've done where people have opted against the, the formal resume, if I can put it like that, and gone towards a video resume. How I'd never seen seen that before. And it just shows again the the use of media platforms and how people are looking into them more. So I think you need to really look at crafting your message to appeal to diverse uh, diverse candidates. So you know, baby boomers um, might positively react to mentions of your, your company's industry awards um, or other sort of successes. Millennials may care more about personal development opportunities and the social responsibilities of companies. So I think it's using the media platforms to share the different messages whilst giving everyone that that option. So um, I think one thing that it's, is very strict throughout though is having the transparency with these approaches. And what I mean by that is when you have these, uh, um, I suppose, candidate portals, if you want to call it like that, um, but having these company websites just being easy to track from the external point of view where your process is i think goes a long way in terms of that media piece and bringing it through so right now the and speaking over the last few years the uk workforce um, average tenure is is decreasing so i think the current average is less than five years um but in younger generations it's typically less how does this affect your business and what are the challenges that this brings to try and combat this mobility? How do you get people that you've worked so hard to attract into the business? How do you get them to then stay in the business and move them around into the most relevant parts? I think if we're looking at how we can keep talent in house, that's going to be, be huge for us. So can we offer internal mobility? Because we don't, Let's be honest, we don't want that talent to leave our business. You know, we've invested so much time and effort into bringing somebody in. We're training them. They've built relationships. We don't want that to leave the business. But it's not necessarily a, a terrible thing if they leave the team. So how can we keep that that in, in-house? 
and and keep that talent and knowledge base there. Yes, there are things that you can combat knowledge-wise. You know, is there a way we can create a handbook? Um, one of the things we do in Google is we do Googler to Googler trainings, which I, I love, to be honest with you. I think they're fantastic. It goes twofold in ways of giving you the option to train, and it also gives you the option to be trained. So, you know, if we have um, uh, what are they called analytical gurus, I think it's a phrase we use internally. So they're recruiters that have some of them, um, I'm thinking one person in mind uh, strictly that has just loves data. Recruiter absolutely loves data. Taught himself SQL. Gone and tell, taught himself Python. There are other people that just decided they want to learn a bit more because it's great to hand it out to to clients to be like, oh, hello, Mr. or Mrs. Um, hiring manager. This is this is the data you're getting. This is the pass-through rate. Yeah, how can we improve our time to hire? Well, look, the latency of interview feedback is 14 days. So maybe we can look at how we can improve that. Um, so then they've gone away and they put trainings on for other people internally to look at how they can share the data knowledge and improve that within a recruiting group. So it's it's giving people the motivations or the what whatever it is they want, but then it keeps that knowledge in-house, which I think is is really something that comes quite importantly when we look at mobility um, within businesses. And obviously upskilling any individual is is paramount to keeping someone interested. I mean, if you did the same job and it was literally the same job day in, day out, um, you know, for two years, you'd want to move on. You'd want to do something different yourself. So giving people those additional skills that they can use elsewhere or, you know, start to carve their own way. Is that the idea behind the training? What do you call it? The Google trainers, <laughs> is it? No? <laughs> yeah, it is. A lot of it is is around that, but there's there's quite a few elements to it as well. So, um, I I did a training or delivered um, facilitation on uh, emotional intelligence around teams. So essentially, it was looking at how we create psychological safety because there's there's that phrase that's bounded around if you ever look on LinkedIn or something people don't leave companies they leave managers or something like that um truth back and forth to these things but I think when you look at it like if you can if you're looking at things from a business sense you need to look at right how can we keep keep knowledge in-house that's what it is we don't want to lose people how do we keep the knowledge in-house maybe we don't want competitors or something like that to take that knowledge so then Googler to Googler training or um, sounds funny word, Googler. Um, but having that that training piece there is fantastic. It, it, as you said, you know, it gives people that chance to upskill, um, which is what a lot of people want. And that for Google is Google wide. So it does not just stop in your team. We have a whole um, platform called Grow, which you can log into and you can see hundreds if not thousands of training options that you can do and you can sign up to them. They can be remote. They can be classroom based. If it's around storytelling, which would be more for sales, but yeah, it works for us great in recruitment. So it really is about, you know, giving, giving that option to upskill. So talking again about the different generations that we've got 
workforce and potential of having up to five generations around these generations and we alluded to it earlier have different priorities you might have someone that's got a young family or an elderly parent and some young with young children so they're going to have different priorities and and benefits is becoming as you full well know a bigger and bigger part of what is attracting talent to to different organizations so when you're a global organization and huge organization like google how do you standardize the benefits that people receive to make sure that everyone's kept happy and engaged with the business as well is can you standardize them i think there's no way that you can ever keep everyone happy um yeah it just doesn't it just doesn't happen um um something my mum always said was that you're never going to be able to please everyone so whenever you need to do anything focus on the mass or focus on yourself a little bit when it comes to travel but um i think it sort of comes back to understanding what's what matters most to people and looking at that from the masses perspective so um if you if we can encourage people to speak up then it allows us to look into the benefits. So standardizing the benefits can just be be so difficult in that sense. And I think that's, you know, you're not going to be able to please everyone. That's something that needs to be understood right away. So, you know, no matter what you're going to do, you'll always upset somebody in there. So having that flexibility in within benefits, I think is where you're going to find the win in that sense. So standardize your basic benefits would be my personal thought on it so um you know the bonuses if you have company bonuses see how you can standardize that holidays parental leave working from home cycle to work these sort of standard benefits so you give yourself that baseline as i said i think it's a bit difficult one google's benefits are so well known and they are unbelievable and it helps so much from a talent attraction piece. I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that people knowing what the Google benefits are of you know, having the free food, having the technology available to us, the um, TGIFs, uh, which if you've seen the internal, those movies or anything like that, you see the Fridays and, and having these huge events are great. Um, but again, they're not, to a point, they're not standardized. They are, obviously they are to an extent, but the, they, there isn't that individual flexibility within them. That I think is what from large to small organizations really help in terms of retention. And what's your favorite Google benefit? Food. Food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of incomprehensible. Um, there's like nine or 12 restaurants to choose from in the Google campus in Dublin. So Peter, being at a tech company, you know, a huge tech giant, um, it's widely known and, and quite scary that actually some of the roles that you will be recruiting for in perhaps six months, a year, two years, just don't exist right now. So how do you go about recruiting for a role and searching for talent that has never existed before. How, how do you go about that? There's a sort of twofold approach to that. And, you know, I'm in the situation 
currently uh, with work within the team where we're trying to find talent that hasn't existed. You know, you're trying to find skills that haven't existed. Um, and I do think it's twofold and it can be down to some of the larger organizations in that sense where you have to take more of a run-up approach to it. Um, so I will answer it for the short-term side, but I just think longer term as we're looking into the future, we need to be thinking how how we impacting this at you know level one, that initial level schooling, um, for example. You know what's how we identifying what's coming through as technology. So companies like Google's, Amazon's, Facebook's, Intel's, Microsoft, so on. Um, yeah, what what are we perceiving to be the future of tech and how can we start speaking to people in the early age um, around this? So, you know, it's a lot of it can be encouraging people to learn these skills and gain an interest. So can you offer internships or experience days? Um, you can do that in, in less large organizations as Google as well, you know, invite people through to your your offices and just show them that these are the cool tech things that you're going to be working on um you know be at the forefront of this go into those schools and show them you know have those open discussions about things that you're working on but more importantly into the here and now um some of the some of the areas we look at are other industries so out, outside of tech you know so tech is you know Obviously, it's a very um, fast-growing area. There's a lot of skills in there, but the finance side and fintech side as well, you know, is a great area to look at. Um, but then it can, I suppose, can go twofold on the short term of internal training. So as I was talking earlier about internal mobility and the notion that people more move more now than ever, um, we do a lot, as I said, we Googlers with with uh, internal training. So perhaps there's a way where we can, as a business individually, you can send people on these trainings so that you know they a they're getting what they want, which is that op opportunity to grow, that that challenge that they're looking for. Um, you you get the sort of sought after skill that you're looking to develop internally, and you can backfill into that area, or you go on the the second side and look at um, where you can where you can plug the skills gaps. So, you know, if you need somebody with, um, <clears throat> say, a SQL and Python background, uh, but maybe you don't need statistical analysis, like it would be, it, it's needed. But let's be honest, like, is there somebody else there? You know, or can you group two people together to cover that? because this one skill is so important, bring that person through and then look at how they can upskill your team. If you, in, in my opinion and I suppose experience, I think people love to teach. People love to impart knowledge if that's, you know, an ego boost for yourself or genuine love of helping people improve. So I think you could look at from a talent acquisition perspective at the moment, really like, Right. If you seriously need a very niche skill, what can we take away from that? You know, what can we, what other areas of a profile can you put to one side because maybe somebody else is in the team or you can make more collective effort to get that one skill in? 
or as you said, when there's skills just not out there in the talent market at the moment, how can you upskill them in the business? Is there a way where you can fund fund someone? Yes, again, I spit from the privileged position being in Google where they have the ability to, to fund people on these training courses, but is there a way where this can happen? So I think it's sort of twofold. Um, but my my number one would be, look, how can you get those people that are internally already, you know, to, to move into that position, to progress it, to learn it, and then to teach others? Google are quite well known for being able to, to keep their talent on board. On board. How, how does Google retain their talent? Yeah, so definitely. Um, I hate retention so so important especially in in google and you know again as i said the 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 working culture in google um yeah i think so well known it it gets the number one place to work and uh i think a lot of that is down to the the culture within google um the culture within google starts at the the talent acquisition team you know the staffing team so when we look into google we're not so much looking for right you need to fit the google culture this is what we want you to do we look at culture add into the teams so what how we, we don't just want people that are all like woo, yeah extrovert in that sense um you know bubbly creative people yeah i'm not a great tech person for example even though i've worked for for google and amazon um but we we definitely focus on you're making sure we're getting the right sort of people within the culture. So, you know, can you deal with a lot of ambiguity? Can you deal with a fast-paced environment? Can you you challenge the status quo? Is a big one for us as well. You know, when you and this goes into the retention of psychological safety. But um, you know, we want people. We encourage people to push back. We encourage you to push back against. Um, you know, managers or leaders whoever it is in team meetings um and i think the retention piece you know goes back again to the the, the leaders in the business um second is that that skills piece upskilling anything you can do to upskill someone i think can go a long way again you know it's sitting in a privileged position being within google but um yeah it just brings this sort of togetherness as a business. So we do, I was going to a um, martial arts class that was run by another Googler. It had nothing to do with my team, but then it just breeds this togetherness within Google. Um, and then we have, you know, we have culture champions, for example, who just do little, little things. If it's sending around birthday cards to everyone, um, you know, in a little presentation or putting together quizzes, which is great at the moment. We have a weekly quiz, which goes through. And um, I think these this sort of psychological safe space and the ability to upskill goes so far in in actually retaining people. I think you could probably strip away strip away the benefits of Google. And genuinely, this is my belief. I think you can strip away all the free food that we get. Um, you know, the tech that we use, all of that. But the people is what makes Google genuinely. And I think that is so focused on how we do the retention that the fact they've upskilled leaders and everyone that comes through and there's always a learning opportunity for you is is incredible. I think that's really how Google has sort of pinpointed retention. I think, you know, go a long way. 
that talent sharing um yeah or knowledge sharing sorry Peter, thank you so much for joining us and talking us through a little bit about the talent attraction retention and upskilling piece at google um i think you've convinced me that i want to come over to ireland and joined uh, joined google so i'll uh, i'll be coming over to you when i uh, when i can fly so um thank you very much that was really insightful uh, very enjoyable talking to you um, so thank you very much and thank you, Natasha. Thank you so much for, for having me. And uh, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, love when, when everything's back open. Um, come over to, to Dublin and go for, go for a drink and show you around the, the Google offices the next time I'm in London. Thanks for listening, everyone. For more insights around in-house recruitment, talent acquisition, or even HR, do head over to our inhouserecruitment.co.uk website where we have a whole host of other resources and events for you to get stuck into.